0: hey everyone and welcome back to the firefighters podcast where we seek to develop inspire and motivate the world of the emergency services operator through a series of wide-ranging conversations now before we go any further just hit that rate follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to it's a key performance indicator for us and helps us reach even more people now here's what we've got for you today Hey everyone and welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to be looking into the Scandinavian Journal of Trauma, Resuscitation and Emergency Medicine. This is off the back of an episode we did with Tim Nutbeam about the exit project, which has wide implications to do with the way road traffic collisions are attended and dealt with by the UK Fire and Rescue Service. The specific study we're going to be looking at today was published on the 14th of January 2021 and it's a comparison of the demographics, injury patterns and outcome data for patients injured in motor vehicle collisions who are trapped compared to those patients who are not. Today's episode was brought to you by our good friends at Williamwood Watches. We put so much thought into the people that we partner with on the podcast and Williamwood Watches has been with us since the beginning. This is a company that's got authenticity baked into every aspect of its fire service traditions. Now they have six different collections now. In October, they brought out their new Phyllis collection. Some refer to this as the Dark Side, and it's their first field range watch. Now, I've been speaking to some people in the past who have got that William Wood watch for a specific occasion for something really smart, really classy. But the best thing about the Phyllis collection is that it's built to be worn in active surroundings. It's got that compact, rugged aesthetic on your wrist. One of the biggest things people have commented on if you go have a look at their socials is the firefighter helmet case pack. They always do something special with the back of all of these. Now, before this, my favorite was the Triumph collection. But if you go and have a look at this one, they've pressed into the back of each watch, the UK firefighter's helmet. It's got the glass visor where you can glance through and actually see the movement of each watch. Now, again, if you're unfamiliar familiar with it the massive core of all these William Will watches is the upcycling of firefighter materials and the fearless collection has got a hundred year old British brass firefighter helmet melted down and placed inside the crown of the watch that's exactly the same as they have with all of their collections but this one also features repurposed black fire hose which is a really rare one for these so go over and check out the brand I myself went for the Valiant watch I've had this for a couple of years now really nice I've got it in the red strap but I'm also giving some serious consideration to the new fearless collection there's a whole range of payment options go over and take a look at them. William Watches, Johnny and the team are there to give you that experience. Whether you're thinking of a retirement gift, you've got something special to celebrate, or you have just started your emergency services career, go over and check them out, williamwoodwatches.com. The best way to support the podcast is to support our sponsors, so please take a click in the notes below. Now back to the show. This is designed to be a whistle-stop tour to give you the background, the methods, the results, and the conclusions that were found as part of this study. Now, motor vehicle collisions are the second most common cause of major trauma in the United Kingdom. The Fire and Rescue Service delivered extrication strategies have evolved based on a paradigm of movement mitigation which we went over in real great depth as part of the EXIT project and this is done to avoid exacerbation of potential spinal injuries. So The purpose of this study is to describe the outcomes and injuries of those trapped following a motor vehicle collision and this will also help guide meaningful patient focused interventions and in future extrication strategies. So a little bit around how did they go about getting this data. So they undertook a retrospective database study using the Trauma Audit and Research Network TARN database. Now we spoke about this in the episode. And TARN is a UK trauma registry to which all major trauma centres submit data in order to access patient-specific tariffs. And since the inception of trauma networks in UK in 2012, TARN moved from voluntary to mandatory submissions of data from participating centres. Now, the Tarn database was interrogated to identify major trauma patients who were admitted between January 2012 and December 2018. What did the data tell them? So during the study period, 426,135 major trauma cases were identified on the Tarn database. And of that, 65,137 patients were admitted to hospital as a result of the motor vehicle collision that they were involved in. The median age of these eligible patients was 42 years of age and 73% of them were male. Now there's an important distinction to be made between trapped and not trapped individuals, many of which still go to hospital. Now of that 63,625 patients with a trapped status recorded, they actually found that 6,983, so only 11% of them were trapped. And 89% of them were in the not trapped group. Now statistically significant differences were found between the two groups. And being trapped was associated with a worse 30-day mortality outcome. Of the 464 trapped patients, other significant injuries were present in 50% of these patients. The most commonly affected body area was the thorax. Followed by the head, the abdomen and then the pelvis. The big piece of data and the thing that's really going to drive a lot of change in the Fire and Rescue Service training was that spinal cord injuries were extremely rare. In fact, just 0.71% of all extrications. So this means that trapped patients, as we said at the beginning, are more likely to die than those who are not trapped. Patients who are trapped are more likely to have time-critical injuries that require interventions. Extrication takes time. And when considering the frequency, type, and severity of injuries reported here, the benefit of movement minimization may be strongly outweighed by the additional time that it takes so therefore a big part of the exit project and the work that is ongoing now within the national operational guidance is the fact that we need that improved extrication strategies with an evidence-based approach that allow for the expedient management of other life threatened injuries And before we finish, I do want to acknowledge and go through the fact that even though some of our methods and approaches may go through some changes, there will in fact still be a continuation of the National Operational Guidance and the fact that the objectives, tactical priorities and operational tactics are still 100% justified, 100% effective and should still be considered and implemented when attending a road traffic collision. So firstly, let's look at those objectives. This can be found on the UK Fire and Rescue Service National Operational Guidance Scenarios and a Road Traffic Collision. First and foremost, it is maintain the safety of all personnel, other responders and the public. Next is to save life and reduce harm. And finally, is to use appropriate methods and equipment to contain pollutant materials to minimize the impact on the environment and promote community recovery and restore normal operations. Now, when we look at some of those tactical priorities, again, these will stand true. Firstly, we have establishing a safe working environment for personnel and other emergency responders. Now, the second piece, which is something that really got reinforced by Tim and the rest of the team, is to assign suitably trained personnel to carry out a structured casualty assessment and provide treatment in the absence of a medical responder. As the studies have shown, having that continued involvement and input from a primary casualty carer and having them as a continued point of contact for the individual in the entrapment shows a markable improvement on not only their experience but their recovery and their survivability. Next we look at identifying the level and type of entrapment of the casualty. Include the condition and number of casualties in tactical plans for stabilising and assessing the mode of transport. This next one is where we hit a little bit of grey ground and the fact of stabilizing casualties until resources or specialist teams are available to assist in extrication. Now we should of course always be asking for that estimated time of arrival for our medical colleagues from the NHS, from the paramedics, who can give that higher level of care. However, I expect to see some change coming through on that, as we empower our fire and rescue service responders to have an improved level of skill to be able to assess and determine the level and severity of the injury. Next on the list is to use an appropriate method to stabilize the object or casualty to prevent further injury from impalement or entrapment. And finally, gather information to develop a casualty-centred rescue plan. Next, as part of the operational tactic, we should deal with any immediate fire risk, provide the means for extinguishing it during the incident. And we all know that one, a fairly obvious one. It usually involves a hose reel to the furthest point of the incident. Second is consider relocating the mode of transport to improve rescue teams and personal safety before stabilization. This is something you see a lot in the UK competition these days, whether it comes to lifting, moving or winching a vehicle into a better position to improve that rescue time and allow our rescuers to work in a safer environment. Next is to make initial access to the mode of transport and consider performing a rapid rescue of the casualty if required. As has been heavily reinforced as part of the exit project, speed and efficiency should always be at the forefront of a casualty-centered rescue if it's safe to do so. Next we have some standardizations around stabilization, glass management, trim removal and sufficient space creation to full access for the casualty. Then the operational tactics move swiftly into the release of the casualty, full access and extrication. Throughout the entire process, and as has been a great example on the exit project, always make sure you are liaising with other attending agencies to determine the roles and responsibilities of the incident. Make sure there's a collective awareness, make sure there's a joint understanding of risk and always make sure you're debriefing personnel that have withdrawn from the working area during the incident to gain any operational intelligence and safety related information. Now, like with anything on the National Operational Guidance website, there is also a whole host of other points that should be considered by operational personnel. But we're going to keep it short and sweet and keep it relating to the EXIT project and the paper that we've gone through today about the Scandinavian Journal of Trauma, Resuscitation and Emergency Medicine. And big thanks once again to Tim Nutbeam, to Rob Fenwick, to Jason Smith, to Omar Bomra, Lee Willis and Willem Stassen who all contribute to the original research. Again, this was published on the 14th of January 2021 and the link for this study can be found in the notes below. Hope you found this useful. Thanks for coming back to the podcast. We'll see you next time. Firefighters Podcast is a global podcast seeking to develop, inspire, and motivate the world of the emergency services operators. Through a series of wide-ranging conversations celebrating those within our sector, we seek to encourage and support this incredible group of people. It's brought to you by myself, operational firefighter Pete Wakefield, and I speak with individuals from all walks of life who I sincerely believe can add value to or develop those who have chosen this life path. Please support your emergency services wherever you are in the world, and thank you for listening.